Outsiders Only. This is Sky Terror. Welcome to another episode of Outsiders Only, a podcast about the game Sky Terror by PvP Geeks. Uh, this week, I am joined, as always, by my wingman, my good friend in the game of Sky Terror, uh, Rem. Christian, how's it going, man? Hey, nice to be there. Hello, everyone. And uh, this week, of course, you may know that we like to have guests on the show. And we have on Carito7 from the Discord. Hey, Ryan, how's it going, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Um, excited to be here and talk with you guys. Yes, uh, the reason we brought Ryan on the show is because he has been uh, helping champion and develop the 2v2 format of SkyTerror. And it's finally launched this week. The league has started and is not too late to join. Is that correct, Ryan? Uh, yes, that is correct. Uh, we are doing open play, so people can kind of join whenever, as long as they're still able to get all their matches in. So Fantastic. even though it started, That's it's cool, yeah. not too late to join in. And we will make sure we have some information in the show notes of how you can go about uh, becoming a part of this. And um, before we get into that, uh, we just kind of maybe let's talk a little bit about uh, some fun stuff that we had happen this week in SkyTear. Uh, Ryan, did you are you in the summer league right now? I am. I was actually playing on Saturday. The game was supposed to be streamed, but due to some uh, technical difficulties, it ended up just being recorded and was uploaded on YouTube. Oh, nice! Uh, how how did your game go? Um, I played against C-Dubs, um, who is a fairly good player that people know around the community. He went with a mostly green deck, if I remember correctly, and I went with uh, my mostly blue deck, and I ended up getting the W with uh, Obstinacy on turn three. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, Rem, I know you've, uh, you have dad life going on right now, so you are not able to join. Did you get to play any uh, Sky Terror this past week, or has dad life been uh, taken over for you? <laughs> There's been a lot of dad life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I, after, after I couldn't schedule my first game, I, I decided to drop from, from this Summer League soon, and I'm, and I'm looking to come back strong with uh, yeah, a lot of uh, the rejuvenated Rem in the future. <laughs> Oh yeah, which that's, means that's just just next league I'll be joining again. Uh, that's great. I um I managed to play my game uh, and I was super excited because I pulled off the W with my deck that I have been uh, tinkering with. I um coyly named it uh, Assassin's Creed, and uh, <laughs> it's uh it's pretty fun. My in the last league I went with the uh, Taulot Lyothin lineup, and this time I've gone with Kuromo and Nuptin. So trying to get some some uh, other other side of the, the the table going and uh with it i was able to get the w with um having my dark vigilante doing some work but i won with um sky terror master which was fantastic I, I really like going in the dome it's a lot of fun and i got to give a shout out to uh, michael who uh, shows up on here as like m-i-k-h-a-e-l Great advice of swapping in a Hogasai, which was not even in consideration for me. And I have to say, Hogasai, like hands down, was the reason why I was able to win the game. So shout out to Michael for uh, giving me some of those tips and advice. And uh, uh, shout out to Naudet, my opponent. It was a really good game, and it was not obvious that the, the win was coming. Nice, nice, nice. But what will you do about the, the deck name now that you, you took out Habarat? Yeah, I took out Habarat for Hogasai, uh, unfortunately. It's still... 
How much Assassin's yeah, I don't Creed know. is left? I, it, the Assassin's Creed title feels a little less relevant. I'll, I'll have to think about something. Nice. So let's get on to the main topic for today, which is talking about this format of 2v2. And um, Ryan, why don't you first maybe give us a little bit of a, an overview of, of what this actually means for people who don't know. Okay, so it started... Over a month ago, there was a couple people in chat that were like, hey, let's try and get a game of 2v2 in and, you know, kind of figure out how this all works to kind of help develop the rules a little bit. And they were looking for one more player, so I went in and joined. I played with Red Dog, Calibra, and Michael, who you were just talking about. Right. Um, and after the game, um, we were talking, and I was like, this is, it seems really fun. Um, it seems like uh, the one of the things that makes the format so great is all the communication that goes on behind the scenes. It's a lot more social than the normal 1v1 game. And we all enjoyed it so much. I was like, why don't we try and make a league about this? And, you know, so we spent the next several weeks after that doing streams every Sunday, um, tinkering with the rules here and there until we settled on something that really worked. And then we are now starting the league. How did you um, deal with the communication? Uh, so I guess the private conversation, was there basically like two channels where one you'd pop in and pop out to have a talk or how, how did they, they deal with that? We decided that all communication being public was the easiest way and the most fun way because it means you can't really openly talk to your partner about what's in your hand. So they have to kind of try and figure out what might be in your hand and kind of figure out what you're thinking unless you announce it out loud for your opponent to hear. <laughs> mm, it's okay. pretty cool, actually. I remember yeah, this, this feeling from board games. When when we played um, anything, basically, we often played it two and two. And the first question when I started to play Skytear from a board game friend of mine was like, does it have a two and two mode? And I was like, ah, yeah, kind of. But it's pretty pretty basic. And, and as I understand it, you... Advanced, advanced the rules, kind of, and made it um, a little bit more special, and not just how it was basically in the core rules. Can you tell us a little bit how the how the rules work now for two players, or for two and two? Yes. So one of the ideas, one of the things we really wanted to avoid was having it just kind of be one player controlling two players, really. So yeah. the way that we tackled that issue is. A split deck. So each player controls two heroes and has a 16-card deck. And so that way, each player kind of controls their own thing and is making their own actions, and it really feels more like a team. And we went through a couple of problems along the way with the fact that you can have up to three cards in a deck, and each deck is only 16 cards. And so there were a couple... A uh, couple things that we had to work out between how drawing cards worked and kind of the consistency of the decks. Um, so the rules right now that we have settled on for this league, and it seems to be going very well from all the testing that I have done and other people have done and different feedback. Um, so how we're doing it now is each when building your deck, each player has three heroes that go in their part of the deck and when you draft each player drafts two of their three heroes within that deck of three heroes you have 24 unique cards you cannot have multiple copies of any card oh. however my deck and my partner's deck could have two copies between our two decks as long as it's no more than one in each one of our decks mm -hmm. 
the main reason for this is to avoid too much consistency because we had a couple issues where people were just able to use a bunch of nature reclaims and mine palaces to basically go through their deck infinitely. Um, and so you're talking about the game slayer <laughs> thing that went through, went down. <laughs> yes, the game slayer <laughs> thing. There was an issue the week before that where uh, me and Eric were playing where we just, the rules were slightly different and uh, a similar thing happened. And so we have gone through a couple, couple different things. So just to clarify, would each player drafts three of the six, but it's a it's a total of of three um, each that they have available, or it's a total of six that can be pulled upon, but you only get two. Right. So there are six total in your deck between you and your partner, but I have three that I can draft from, and my partner has three that he can draft from, and from there we each draft two of our three heroes. Okay. So, so can you clarify how the how you can have two of one card in under that pretense? Is it because one hero could have one? Is it like each hero can only have one card, or how does that work? So between my three heroes, there are twenty four cards, and all four, all twenty four of those cards are going to be different cards. None of them can be duplicates. My okay. partner, who has three different heroes, they cannot. We cannot have any of the same heroes. We'll have also twenty four unique cards, none of which can be the same. However, my twenty four and his 24 can overlap. Uh, I see. Okay, I understand. Yeah. And the reason for that is we, the whole Mind Palace Nature Reclaims issue I was talking about was the big thing, but we determined that the bigger issue was just with the consistency. Like, we can ban that, but then, you know, people can end up casting, getting a presence in, like, one of five cards, basically. And so by... Because the decks are half the size, we figured, well why don't we just decrease the number of copies of each card? And that would kind of solve that issue as well. Yeah. Smart. That makes sense. Aside from the duplicates, what other like issues came up as you were kind of perfecting the most, uh, I guess, fair way of playing this new format? Cause, uh, that was one that I was thinking you were for sure going to talk about was because of the, uh, the infinite combos that existed. Uh, what other <laughs> things arose as you kind of figured, figured out and tested the, Card drawing was another issue that was discussed. So normally, in a normal game, when you defeat a hero, you draw two cards. You uh, Each turn, you draw two cards. When you kill damage or tower, you draw one card. We have tweaked those rules a little bit so that, and I believe this is how it was in the base rules as well, where if you kill a hero, we would each draw one card rather than one person drawing two. Each turn, mm. each player draws one card. And then when you damage a tower, you choose which player to draw a card. So um, where the rules really changed was when you play a power card, uh, something like Nature Claims or Gathering Storm, for example, the rules initially stated that whenever you draw a card, you split it as evenly as possible. So if I were to cast a Gathering Storm, me and my partner would each draw one card. If I were to cast a Nature Reclaims, we each draw one card, and the third card would go to whoever we choose. Um, this caused a big issue initially um, when Eric and I were playing in a stream game on 2v2, where he basically had all of the draw cards in his deck, and so he used like uh, Neliklin and Nature Reclaims and Mind Palaces and all that stuff to basically throw a bunch of cards in my hand. And so by the time I activated Golbjorn, I had like nine cards in my hand and was able to stack Rampant Hatreds and Mind Palaces and Granite Skins and all that to just 
destroy everyone. Mm. So this this distribution of of going back and forth eliminated that that issue. Right. So we the change we made there was basically said the card drawing with um, damaging towers and heroes and stuff that all was going to split as evenly as possible. But now if you play a power card that lets you draw cards, the player who plays the card gets all the cards. Mm. So it prevents one yeah, player from using all of their mana to give the other opponent who hasn't used or other teammate who hasn't used all their mana yet a bunch of cards to spend their mana on. Mm hmm. Yeah, I could see how that would uh, that would cause issues in the long run. It's one of those things where, on the surface, you feel like people are just going to be fair, but then there's obviously always people who who want to look for ways to break the game. Looking at you, Game Slayer, and uh, and exploit those those really <laughs> cool things you can do. With the whole Game Slayer thing, uh, we had kind of we had adjusted the rules after the previous week when Eric and I broke things with the drawing with him giving me cards from drawing uh we had kind of tasked him with the fact of hey let's see if you can break this because that's how we know if we need to make changes to the rules so we gave him that task and he um he succeeded in the task can i can i play cards on my only on my own heroes or can i play uh, power cards on to my partner's uh heroes yeah so you can only your you can only use your heroes and cards from your hand only go onto the heroes you control. Okay, so uh, when I have uh, time warp in my hand, I cannot uh, time warp my my partner's hero. Correct. So he would need to have the time warp to do that. It also it says- prevents cards getting shuffled in between the two decks as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's smart. Mm. That's really cool. I like this. This sounds like such an interesting, unique way of playing the game, having a smaller deck, only having two heroes. And I'm guessing you still alternate like back and forth. It's it's each player takes a turn one after the other. It's it, it makes, I guess, the selection of heroes a little bit different, right? So when normally when you're going in solo play, or I guess two one v one, you you have four heroes that you can choose from, and based on where they are, you have a decision. But now you have yourself and your opponent choosing, so you have the order and you only have A or B to choose from. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when activating heroes, you alternate between teams. So which the order you activate the heroes on your team can be determined by you during the game. So I can choose to have my heroes activate both of mine, but activate before my partners, or I can go on, he can go on, I can go on, he can go on. Right, okay. So So it's basically like you take turns between the teams, but then Correct. it doesn't matter who go like so player A on team one could go twice in a row and then player B would then go twice in a row or you can alternate. There's no set way of having to go like one and then the other. Correct. Oh, that's really cool. So I guess if one has like low health and it seems in jeopardy of of getting knocked out, you'd obviously want to activate that potentially first. So you still get an activation that turn. And you could basically, that player would want to go first instead of being held to having to wait another round where he could essentially get taken out. Correct. Or they could choose to let the hero die and then yeah, so they come back to earlier. That's really cool. Now that you've kind of perfected the game a little bit and ironed out some of the rules, are there still some interesting kind of like quote unquote broken plays that could could arise? Or is, is have you really feel like you've ironed out that possibility? I think the singleton format, one copy per player, has kind of really gotten rid of any risk of that happening. 
I mean, there's always you, – you can always, you know, throw a bunch of blue heroes in the center, and, you know, that will always be really good in any format. But mm-hmm. <laughs> for the yeah, most part, there's much of anything. Um, I think one thing that can kind of be abused a little bit to an extent are cards that say target hero and not necessarily the caster. So, for example, I can cast an Impervious from one of my heroes targeting my partner's hero, and then he could cast a Granite Skin. Or I can cast my purpose in response to the granite skin. So I can kind of use certain cards to benefit my teammate like that. Also using Mind Palace on my opponent's heroes. Or, sorry, my teammate's heroes. Um, I mean, I guess I could do some of my opponent's heroes, but I don't know why I'd do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess that's... You don't really want to change it, though, would you? Because that's actually what makes this format unique and exciting and interesting. Is something that you couldn't potentially do to start with, and now you can do it in this instance, right? Correct, and that's that's what I think makes it so great. But I think if a problem were to arise, it would be from something like that. I can't think of what the problem would be, but I guess if a problem were to arise, that's where it would be from. Another downside, I think the major downside to having the one card in each, uh, or one max one copy of a card, is, is it kind of can really come down to luck at times, more than the normal game. Like, I could be running a deck with a lot of frenzy and my opponent could also be running a deck with a lot of frenzy but as I can only have one copy of a card I could end up drawing all of them while he draws none of them mm. so there's a little bit more luck in this game than the base game which is the right. only real downside but I mean you could you could if, if this turns out as a problem or too too random you can just reduce the the deck size of each hero from from 8 to 7 or something and you get a little bit of more, more consistency in it but yeah, then, or we could go a lot more copies and go to a larger deck. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I from just from hearing about it, we Blake and I will have to try it out one day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I really like the aspect of of one of cards. It makes deck building yeah. so much simpler. I mean, obviously, you want to t- talk with your partner about your chosen cards, but I don't have to uh, look at his cards and uh, see does he have two of three of of this one card that I want to run as well. I just build my deck, propose it, and and we're ready to exactly. Go. Yeah, it it reminds me of of Commander from Magic yeah. in a way where where you have that singleton format, and it is something fun where you can basically have a deck that. You only have one of, so you're trying to find things that do the similar thing. But I find in, in Sky Terror that's not quite the same, partially due to the fact that we don't have such a large pool of cards to pull from right now. But I think it's going to become, this format especially over time, is going to become a lot more interesting. And especially if you kept it evergreen, like in 2v2, like Commander, you can use any card. There's no rotation at all. Like they like the uh, both Giacomo and Ricardo talked about is going to be a thing in the future. It could be really exciting with these smaller decks. Oh, for sure. And that's something that players who have actually uh, done a little bit of testing with this format have said that they really, they've really been liking the Highlander idea. And they think that when the card pool is larger, they'd love to see that be a thing in the 1v1 format as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. And what's the, what's the impact of, on, on the playing time when you're playing 2v2 versus 1v1? That is the other major downside. The games can take uh, a while longer. The stream game um, from this past weekend lasted a little over two hours, I think, and it ended on turn three. Mm -hmm. So now, granted, those players played a lot more slowly than uh, some of the 
previous uh, 2v2 games are gone, but the 2v2 game is always going to take longer, um, especially because people don't aren't fully familiar with the format yet. So as they're still yeah. getting used to things, it's going to take slower, but you're also communicating a lot more thing, a lot more talking. However, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing as long as you actually have the time to do it. Because yeah. unlike 1v1, if somebody's taking a long time, it can get kind of boring and a little frustrating. <laughs> but in the 2v2 format, if people are take, spending a lot of time figuring things out, there are four people there that you're all socializing with, and it's actually a really good time. Yeah. Mm, that's really neat. I like that. And I guess that would be one of the unforeseen aspects of the game that's pretty awesome that you may not have realized was going to happen when you were thinking about this, right? For sure. I mean, I noticed that the first time we tried it with uh, me, Michael, Calibra, and Red Dog, um, it was, we, we just had so much fun talking to each other. Like, we didn't even care about the game, really. I mean, we did, but that was mm-hmm. a secondary thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. I like that. And and that's another thing that's kind of like Highlander is it feels like a very, it's more of a social game, you know, like it's, there is that, that camaraderie and, and you have more of like a relaxed environment, which is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that's that's really cool to see. For sure. Yeah, I'll definitely take when when you've ironed out the rules, uh, or I, I think you have already since the since the league is running and you're just collecting <laughs> <Yes>. feedback. <laughs> but I'll definitely take this to my friends uh, when we can meet again and give it a try. Do you find there's a, a meta forming at all so far from what you've you've been uh, playing? Like, do you notice anything? Like, people are leaning towards one one thing or the other. Is is that started to happen yet, or not quite? So I think in a lot of the early testing, there were two big things that were becoming very meta. Um, the first one was Neliklin seemed like the most overpowered hero with um, you know all the draw cards that were very consistent and mind palaces and stuff. You were just able to do so much with him. Mm-hmm. I think the change to doing Highlander, one max one copy in a deck has made Neliklin um, a little less powerful in that aspect. That being said, he's still very powerful. So I think there could be a little bit of a meta around him, but not a whole lot. The other big thing was in the second stream game of it, actually, both teams tried this out, and they talked about how this is going to become a big meta thing. And it was with the split deck. Um, What they did was they had one player or one teammate have – just about all three mana cards, if not all three mana cards. And so they would just be able to lead from the deck constantly, knowing that there'll be a three on the top. Mm-hmm. While the other deck would have all the modifiers and cards that they want to use on like turns one and two and stuff. And so that was kind of a meta that was developing. I think the change to uh, one copy of a card makes that a lot harder, as if you're going to run all three mana cards, you have to run literally every single three mana card, regardless of color. Yeah. Right. You can do that, and it's a valid thing that we can do. We played a practice game last week, actually, where our opponents did that, and it's still a good idea. But it you lose something by doing that. And I think you you can rest on stay relaxed because the the same problem will arise in the future for the one one v one game as well, when PvP geeks pump out uh, expansions. <laughs> so sooner or later, you will have the possibility to run three. Uh, mana only cards so we, we can we can look how Giacomo tackles this <laughs> later on and just copy the, the resolution yeah. right. <laughs> that, that's another issue though because 
in the 1v1, if you're running all three mana, it means you're not doing anything on turns one and two. In the 2v2 no, format, if true, one yeah. person has all the mana cards to leave with, the other player still has other cards they can cast. Yeah, that's true, true yeah. It, it seems like the going to the, the Highlander singleton route was was like such a huge answer to so many issues that came up which is must be must feel really good to know that such a like on surface simple change solves so many problems oh for sure it was actually after game slayer did what he did i had actually uh, gone to sleep and then i woke up the next morning and i saw um eric and ricardo having a very long discussion about how to fix things and they were talking about banning mind palace and nature reclaims and i was reading through the stuff and reading through what they said i noticed that i think the big issue was the consistency and stuff and so i was the one who brought up that idea a, a slightly different version of the idea and then we discussed it tweaked it a little bit and then talked about how it also fixed all these other things and then we tested it out and rolled with it oh that's amazing 2v2 is a great format. Um, the league has started. It's some um, four weeks of open play. We don't. The games are not paired. You schedule your own games, so, so that'll fix big scheduling issues. Mm -hmm. And so you can join late and still get your four games. There's still plenty of time to do it. And so if you haven't signed up yet and you're interested in the format, I highly suggest you sign up. If you need help uh, finding a teammate, you can talk to me or ask in the Discord uh, and you'll have no problem or you shouldn't have any problem finding a teammate. Oh, that's fantastic. So now we move on to our weekly segment, which is called Sinkhole. And we use this as a means to look back at a lesson learned playing the game of Sky Terror. And Ryan, I understand you have one this week that you'd like to share. Yes, I do. Um, it's actually related to uh, 2v2. As I mentioned, I played a practice game last week um, against... Uh, we played a game against RG Commander and Game Slayer. And when playing against them, they one hero they used was uh, Shilavi, who I normally have been running a mostly blue deck in my uh, 1v1 deck. And I have not really used Shilavi. I just wasn't too impressed with her. I felt like there were better options in both pushing and, and damage for blue. Um, but I had realized when playing them that I had really undervalued her revenge ability. And so I actually decided to put Shilavi in my 1v1 deck, and I ended up using her in my game on Saturday for the league and won the game. And she was a pretty big part in that. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I'm, I'm right now, uh, Shilavi's really on my mind as well. I'm thinking about because I, I took out an assassin. I may need to replace another one that that could uh, she could be the one that <laughs> solves some of the issues that I'm, I'm thinking about. Yeah, especially when you're playing a dome centric lineup. Yeah, it's yeah. So, so cool. Yeah, and cards like Sacrifice and Ashrita's worship ability can trigger the revenge, which I did not realize either. Mm -hmm. I saw I was a victim to that the other day. Yeah, in my, in my <laughs> league game, I was definitely victim to that, which is really cool. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Um, you can find us on the Discord. That's the best place for anything Skyter. I mean, at this point, I'm not going to ask where people can find you because it's always on the Discord. There's never any difference of uh, that answer. So we're all on the Discord. You can find me under Boulevard Paper Fight. That's BLVD Paper Fight. Uh, Christian, where can they find you? I'm Rem0915. And uh, Ryan, what is your handle on the Discord. My handle is Kirito7 or just Kirito. 
Fantastic. Uh, if you want to come on the show and talk about a topic, uh, please reach out to myself or Rem. We love to basically bring people on from the community and talk about what we're discovering and learning in this great game of SkyTerra as it develops and just grows. So if you know someone or there's something you'd like for us to talk about, uh, please just reach out to us, send us a message on the Discord, uh, and we'd be more than happy to uh, entertain some discussions around that. So I um, hope everyone has a fantastic day and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for having me here. See ya. Outsiders only. This is Sky Terror.